Hey, Amanda. Hey, Tom. Hey, what does Arrested Development and the Gilmore Girls have in common? I don't know. What is it? Absolutely nothing. But regardless, let's talk about Arrested Development. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I'm a fresh fan. A fresh fan. You just saw it. I have seen it. I've been a fan since day one. We have lots to talk about. We'll do that today on Can We Talk About? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, can I bring Ann? Who? Ann. You know, she's she's the girl I'm kind of hanging out with. I haven't met Ann. Yes, you have. Michael had met Ann. Let her in. She that's that's her right over there. Oh, Ann! Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Ann. I know Ann. Hey, you! She's got a little hard-boiled egg going there. Oh, it's so cute. She sometimes takes a little pack of mayonnaise and she'll squirt it in her mouth all over, and then she'll take an egg and kind of... <laughs> she calls it a egg. <laughs> Are you okay? I don't feel so good. Can we talk about Arrested Development? I would love to talk about Arrested Development. You, I'm a new fan. You're I'm a new fan. I I I have been a fan since day one, and I'm proud of that. But not to. Not I'm to, embarrassed. Well, well, I was gonna say it doesn't. I'm embarrassed. It doesn't. It doesn't take away from you being a new fan. In fact, that's actually sort of more exciting because I think anyone who's been a fan of a, like a show like that or something from like a long time ago, meeting people who are just experiencing that first run, like I've watched. I watched it on. Fox and then through DVDs and then the reruns and then through Netflix. And so I'm numb now. <laughs> so seeing someone who's experiencing it for the first time is exciting. Um, but what's interesting about you is if you just watch it, did you watch all the like the Fox seasons plus the Netflix seasons plural? So okay. I watched the Fox seasons yep. plus the Netflix seasons. Okay. Um, but I did not finish season five and okay. I don't, I think because I'm a new fan, yeah. I don't hate it the way that the OG fans hate it. I do okay. recognize that it is a very different show. I feel yeah. like I'm watching two different shows. Yeah. I'm, I'll cut to the chase in what, in what I, cause I've actually thought about like doing a video essay on this specifically, but the, you know, the, the, the Fox seasons are, which is like what, what one, two and three. They they are 22 minute episodes, right? Cut down for for time, right? They are they they are concise. Um, but the Netflix seasons, they don't have those boundaries. And they were like one of the first Netflix shows, right? It was like that in House of Cards. Yeah. It was the first yeah, comedy. I listened to the to the Netflix president actually talking about this. Really? About how they brought yeah, how they brought 
Um, I was listening to it on the Smartless podcast, okay. which is Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. Yeah. And they had the Netflix president on there, and he was talking about how it was one of the first Netflix shows. Yeah. And they were excited because they were hoping to bring a lot of the viewers from the Fox yeah. group yeah. over to Netflix with that. So to bring that same vibe, but that bingeable vibe, like you, yeah. um, he was saying how everybody wishes that they could just watch have watched Arrested Development all day, every day. Yeah. And now they can because <laughs> yeah. they brought it to Netflix. Yeah. But I'm interested to see what you think about these well, seasons. Well, what I was going to say too is what's interesting is, um, and I guess here's the other question because I think they got rid of the original uh, season four. There are two versions of season four. There's the season four and then there's a season four like remix or whatever they called it. That's what I've watched. Okay. Yeah. That I think is better. A lot of people, okay. I've debated this with a lot of people, and the difference being is the original season four, like there was a Tobias episode and a Michael episode and a like there was an episode for each character isolated. It wasn't edited okay. like a traditional show. And then they went back and it's OK, let's re-edit it like a traditional show. But either regardless, the the that season, there's no boundaries. There's no executive saying oh you, you need to trim it down to make it 30 minutes or whatever so there are scenes that would normally be on the cutting room floor on a regular arrested development episode on fox that are just like this is going on way too long <laughs> like this is this is <laughs> yeah. just you could have trimmed this up and made it a beautiful you know bouquet instead you're just like oh no as many flowers as we can shove in here and then you have all the fluff that goes with it and not everything is as great so you I feel like it's almost like the same if the same episode was trimmed down to a 22 minute Fox, we got to fit in commercials and all that stuff. It would have been a little bit better, but there's like way too much fluff that's just shoved in there. It's not bad. I think season okay. four is not definitely not season one, two or three. But then also season five is just that's a whole other planet like that's that that should not have even happened. And uh, season five, I've I full disclosure when we decided we were going to do this, yeah. I was about two episodes into season five, yeah, and I was like, okay, we're going to do this episode. Um, I need to finish season five, yeah. and I watched. I started Gilmore Girls instead, yeah, again for the four hundred eighty fifth time. <laughs> oh, and not because it's bad; it's just it didn't have that draw to me, that comedy draw. Like yeah. the first three seasons, one of the reasons I love the show, and if you haven't seen the show, highly recommend it, especially if you are a comedy nerd in any way, yeah. shape or form. Um, it's about a family who uh, essentially they have a real estate business and then just a whole bunch of back end money laundering. And there's, you know, the parent, the dad goes to jail and the son, Michael Bluth, who's paid played by J Jason Bateman, yeah. who is just incredible in this show is wants to get the hell out of Orange County, California away from his family and go to Arizona yeah. so he can be a good role model for his son because his wife just died and he ends up having to come and save the family business and get his father out of jail. And it's probably the fastest comedy. I don't think people realize it until you watch it. Yeah. There's a joke in every single line of that show. Oh yeah. And the callbacks, the callbacks and the running jokes and the mm -hmm. running gags and the catchphrases. It's just so fast. The comedy is so quick yeah. and I love it. Well, I, every line you're laughing, but you know, it's funny. That is, that's the draw, right? Like going back and especially because you got to remember, and I think, I mean, you kind of mentioned it in the beginning there too, which is the first airings of this, when they was back on Fox, when it was on television with commercials, 
it didn't you had to wait week after week. And so some of the stuff that were Easter eggs or like little hidden jokes behind that, like hidden behind a character or something, you didn't even land even as like and even now, like binge watching it, it's still hard to see some of the stuff, right? Like there's. Um, you know, like there's, there's tons of references to Buster losing his hand that are like hidden throughout the entire show. Yeah. Right. Like him sitting on a bench that like he's covering a letter. So it says arm off, you know, and like, he's like, he lost his hand chair. He kept, he keeps referencing how he lost his hand before he actually lost his hand. Right. And that stuff's hard enough in a binge watching. I'm watching him back to back setting because it's not in your face and let it spoon fed to you. But it's um, it's definitely really hard when it's like you have to wait week after week. And on top of that, at the time too, keep in mind, like Fox is changing the time the show is airing and the day and the everything. But the one thing I'll say, too, is those running jokes and the the consistency to like keeping like uh, uh, like keeping things running the way it was or like a, a joke that would just kind of continue throughout an entire season arc is a little bit of its downfall, too. Right. Because like. If I have to hear the word face block one more time, like it's it's just like I don't know who thought this was like like, oh, people are going to love this. It gets tiring in season four where it's just like, all right, enough of fucking face block. Like it's not funny. And so I think what makes it work in the early seasons is also kind of like uh, you you. Yeah, it's not as good in the other seasons, because I mean, they, they also carry that into season five, right? Like the face yeah. block continues on into the. And it's just like, I think that's the thing. It's like, if you have a fun storyline or something that resonates, it's great. But if you're on a long ride and it's like, I don't, this, this is a bumpy ride. It's, it's, it's hard to hang on to. Yeah. And I mean, I think that Arrested Development is also one of those shows where the people that loved it truly loved it. You yeah. know, like it wasn't a smash hit. Um, they talk about actually Mitch Hurwitz, who wrote the show, talks about, uh, with Ron Howard, how Ron Howard, this is his only narration job that Ron Howard's ever done yeah. as Arrested Development. Hmm. He's the narrator of the show. And they filmed the pilot with no narration. Yeah. And they called Ron Howard and they're like, you said you always want to try it. Uh, could you just read these lines and send it back to me? And at the time, Ron Howard was working on a Western film. And he was like, sure, I'll go into yeah. the sound guy's truck yeah. on lunch break and I'll just lay down these lines and send it to you. Yeah. And then they put the pilot to test with the narration. And Maturwish said that the narration like the show tested really well yeah but the everyone's favorite thing about the show was ron howard's narration yeah which is hilarious <laughs> you know so it was yeah. like sorry you're stuck on this ride now but yeah i feel like that got a lot of people in like the hollywood world they're like oh if ron howard's part of the project i've got that to watch it attached. yeah yeah for sure and i mean I'm embarrassed that I didn't watch it because we've talked about this before. I'm a huge Mr. Show fan. Yeah. I love David Cross. Yeah. I think he's absolutely hilarious. And I also love there's a uh, cameo by Bob Odenkirk to play a therapist for uh, <laughs> for David Cross and Portia de Rossi who play two characters in the show that is a couple going to therapy. And he is. It's incredible. Yeah. It's it's the best scene. I, I love that. scene. I was so almost much. I was almost bummed that they burned off. Bob Odenkirk as a as a guest uh, in a in an episode like that because I'm like oh man there's so many other I, that's the thing too the the recurring cast that that comes about through the entire show is just like just peak quality I mean Liza Minnelli Liza Minnelli right <laughs> Liza Minnelli is an old lady with vertigo that 
they call Lucille too. Yeah. It's another rich lady that lives in their building. And it's just like Liza Minnelli is yeah. playing on this show. Um, but there's so many. I mean, Jane Lynch is in there. Amy Poehler, Ben Stiller as Tony Wonder. Julia Louise Dreyfus pops up. Um, one of my favorites is he played the surrogate, Bob Einstein. He's wearing a camera on his head. Uh, and even a professional has their breaking points or whatever the line is. But yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you know this, but like the entire inspiration behind the show originally, like for Mitch Hurwitz. And the, and the thing is, I'll, I'll, I'll preface by saying he put it so far away from it that it didn't turn off to be like some parody of that family. But it essentially, it was a parody of the Bush family. I did not know that. That's hilarious. There is a picture of Jeb Bush riding on a Segway, which was the inspiration for why Job was riding on a Segway <laughs> for like the first half of the first season. That's like one of my favorite things of I think the first season I was obsessed with the fact that Will Arnett, who plays Job, is just riding, does everything yeah. on a Segway. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't ever step off of it. It's the best. Yeah. And it was all based on a single photo of the Bush family going on like a Segway tour somewhere. That's incredible. And that was it. That's why it's, you know, Job instead of Jeb. Knowing that is like a fun fact. It's not like, oh, now it makes all sense. It's like, no, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just interesting. And um, and yeah, I mean, the characters and everything it's about. And it's it's funny. I've heard people say like, oh, yeah, no, I, I know families like this. Um, I know of families that are just like, you know, rich families that are just so in their inside their own bubble and so beyond reality that it's just chaos and you know it, it just i don't know and and that's the thing I, it, the characters are so unique that i don't it doesn't connect to anything else that's been on television or has been on television since i know there's been some attempted rip-offs and other shows that are sort of like it but nothing that really comes close not at all i love that they live in a model home like to me that is one of the f- yeah. funniest parts that you kind of forget that everything is just a model home like they have fake fruit like wax fruit (laughs) stuck to the table like the things that you just kind of ignore as the show goes on you forget like oh no they live in a complete model home yeah this thing does not have a foundation and then the scenes where the you know the model home starts to deteriorate because there is no foundation underneath (laughs) the house and the couch just sinks into the ground yeah well, that was the thing I kind of missed from the early seasons is is what made it interesting and what made it funny were those things, right? It was Job is always on a Segway or they live in a model house. And part of part of it, right, was the was the insinuation that they live in the model house, but they kind of have to hide themselves because people are coming in to see the model home. And eventually so they live in the attic. Yeah. yeah. So they live in the attic. They don't live in one of the rooms. They live in the attic and they hide the cereal inside, you know, the fake turkey or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and that stuff is funny on itself because it, it creates this. It's world building, right? Like any show, any good show has like really good world building that had great world building from go because of that stuff. But I don't know that the later things go. And I'm not saying you need to return to that, but there isn't it loses that a little bit. Like every, everyone sort of normalizes as the season, like by season four, you know, I guess is, is, you know, I guess Michael is back living in the, in the model home. Is he right? I, I, I kind of forget now. Um, well, he has, was it the end of season three where he goes back to the, like that sunrise or that, you know, that little area that he created. Yes, he created that nobody would move into and it was just him and the mailman dies because yeah. there's no cell phone service. 
and there's no other people in the homes that he's yeah. built in his little development. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's what it is, too, right? Because I think and I, I feel like I'm just trying to deconstruct why the show changed its trajectory or wasn't as fresh. And I mean, any any show that's going into season four or season five. But, you know, you look at some other shows and I feel like what's interesting, like I you you I think we both like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And you look at that show and like season one is rough around the edges, right? It's uh, even when I go do rewatches, I I usually skip season one. I'll go, I'll jump right into somewhere like in season two or even season three. There are a lot of shows. I'm not discounting that those shows are the, the episodes aren't funny or anything, but I think there are some shows that find its stride or like take a moment to figure out who it is. Right. Uh, Parks and Rec was in the same situation where it's like, Oh yeah, just like <laughs> power through season one and just get right to like season two season one is like a short season we've talked about um we want to do a sh- we want to do an episode here about um schitt's creek um which i still haven't watched Shit's creek was another season one exactly oh, i can't and i can't I, believe it but but what's interesting about this show is that you rewatch it season episode one season one is firing on all cylinders it knows who it is the characters know who they are everyone is structured perfectly and so season one in itself is a gem and then season two continues that on too. But like, this is one of the rarities where it's like from the first episode, they know who they are. It doesn't take a couple episodes to figure itself out. And I think because it has its stride early on, it sort of dips earlier, which is why, you know, if it was any other show, it would have hit its peak in season three or four and not started going on a downward trajectory at season four, or season five. I mean, I, I, I do I do understand why they brought it back because yeah. there was such a, you know, a, you couldn't end such an incredible show that way. Yeah. You know, like it deserved to have a little closure. Um, but for me, just that, like you said, season one, episode one, I was hooked. I was like yeah. cracking up. I could see why everyone called it such an intelligent comedy because there is like... a. I know that I'm going to rewatch the show because yeah. I know that I've missed so many jokes because I'm laughing yeah. from whatever happened two lines before. And I think one of my favorite parts of the show is like you said, in the first three seasons where they have those callbacks and they have those, you know, like the, the no touching when he's in prison, he's like, no touching, no touching, no touching. And it comes back and there's a callback to it when it gets culminates his mo- hilarious moment where michael burns down the banana stand and there's his dad's always told him there's always money in the banana stand he thought that meant you just work hard yeah work at the banana stand there's always money there no there was literally cash in the walls of yeah. the banana stand and he just burned 250 grand yeah. <laughs> to the ground thinking he's like doing this act of defiance yeah and i lo- like i love those moments like can't breathe laughing so yeah. hard in that moment <laughs> I like there's that episode in that episode too, um, uh, where he he asks um, the flamer, right? He, he asks him, he's yeah. like, you know, it's like Michael was going to have to do some digging like that, like uh, his narration. He goes, did you do burn down the banana stand? He's like, oh, most definitely. Like just that. That was the <laughs> yeah. yeah, just that that interaction right there where it's like, absolutely. Michael was going to have to do some digging. And then he literally asked. He's like, oh, yeah, most definitely. Um just all that, all that silly stuff where um, the juxtaposition with like the the narration versus like what's happening and um, the narrator calling out like, you know, no, he didn't or, you know, 
like all that silly stuff is really funny. I, I go back so many times and I try to figure out um, beyond like, lots of shows have great writing. Right. But like what what's like some of the secret sauce? Like what's some of like the, the what makes this show great? And I think a lot of it was luck, too. I mean, Michael Sarah is perfect to the point of like I you can't see him in almost anything else. Anything else he's ever been in, he basically plays himself. Um, But like you find a young kid like that to like play that role. He plays it so perfectly. Like, you know, it's one thing to go in and cast, um, you know, um, uh, David Cross in, in, in a role, which by the way, like little things in that favorite role. character of the whole show for me. Oh, that yeah. is hands down my favorite character. Tobias Funke. Yeah. He, he thinks he, it's really weird. Like watching Tobias, like, you know, like everyone, the, 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 one of the funny things I remember David Cross talking about somewhere is how he fought. Uh, he wanted to, he, it was his idea to have a mustache as that character. And he was like, I think this character would have a little mustache and Fox tried to fight him on it and, and everyone tried to fight him on it. And he just like showed up and he was like, I'm wearing it. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like a defining part of that person. And it also changes the look of, david cross's face where you almost forget that's david cross i mean you really do forget that's david cross you don't doesn't connect to being david cross at all because it's it's a completely different person that mustache jason bateman's just so great in it and um almost like michael Sarah too and that makes me wonder like how much of their real personalities are in these characters because you know michael Sarah is george michael and jason bateman 100 is michael you know um <laughs> will arnett is will arnett uh, Job, like, is that just him in real life? I don't know. I mean, Will Arnett as Job is probably my second favorite character. Him yeah. being a, a magician, and <laughs> and then in what is it season five where he eventually uh, has sexual relations with the other magi- magician who is played by Ben Stiller? Yeah, it might have been is season, that season four, five. Tony season Wonder, four, yeah. yeah, Tony Wonder. That's what it is, and it's yeah. just like the most that whole world of magic and he's like it's not magic these aren't magic tricks it's illusions yeah <laughs> and he tries to make the yacht disappear just the yeah absolute absurdity absurdity of it but also just how passionate he is about it and yeah. may whitman she plays oh, george okay. michael's girlfriend as Anne, who's like a super uber her christian religious yeah. evangelical and then eventually job just starts dating her and there's yeah. a scene where he like busts into her bedroom window and wants yeah. to break up with her. And then in the morning they're eating cereal and he's wearing her nightgown and yeah. she's wearing his like $2,500 <laughs> suit and he tries to break up with her. And he's just like, Oh, it's, you know, you know, you know, yeah. and you can't get the words out. That is one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. It is yeah. so funny. Yeah. I, he's, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen um, the, the other show he's done recently? Uh, Will Arnett on uh murderville Murderville. i have not seen it yet oh i feel like you'd love because um uh, i think i would love it you would love it and then on top of that there's a little bit of a crossover because uh the girl from schitt's creek is one of the guests on that show as well she has an episode and hers is actually one of the funnier ones too so um but but that's the thing is like you know and uh buster is obviously is like you know buster's so uncomfortable to love but you do he's just so uncomfortable i mean that was the the thing that i love about like buster becomes i don't know there's you know there's so much that happens in like the first and second seasons like on young 
and uh, and you know Buster going into the army and all, all this other stuff. That's just it's it's personality of the show itself versus just being like some arcing like sitcom with like a, oh remember the episode where this happens? It's like no, it becomes like ingrained as part of the ethos. The stair car, right? Like, like what other show has something where it's like iconic, where it's like it's a stair car and that's just how they get around. And it's I, it's that absurdity of like they're a rich. They were a rich family. They are a rich family. Everyone to look at it. Um, dealing with their money going away. It like another show <laughs> that, you know, that you tend to like um, I'll watch it, I promise. But uh, but I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it's just the way and they deal. Is that is that like just a. I guess, how does this compare to, is that a fair comparison? Because I feel like that is like the very so, much the same. So I would say the premise, maybe, yeah, like they, they lose their money. But um, with Shit's Creek, everybody kind of has a really beautiful redemption arc in the end. They all grow as characters. They all grow as people. And the end of the show is just truly beautiful. It wraps everything up so nicely. Where this, so far to the end of the show, it's like you kind of, no matter how much they grow as people, they're just, they just never change. Yeah. Hence the name Arrested Development. Yeah. And there's a part in the show where Michael, um, played by Jason Bateman, is talking about how, you know, there are some people who just, you know, cannot grow and they call it Arrested Development. Yeah. And that's essentially this whole family. Even even his character, who you are rooting for in the beginning of the show, you're like, oh, this poor guy. Yeah. His family's such a wreck. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, he's kind of a mess, too. In Arrested Development, they almost go the opposite direction. The, the longer the show goes on, the worse the characters get or the worse you learn about the characters. And so it's not fun anymore. <laughs> like where like Lucille can be all like fun and she's quirky and she's, you know, she is who she is, but she's not harmful. And then you start learning a little bit more about her and it's like, oh, no, no, she is harmful. She is a little bit evil it takes yeah. away from that character and you're like, I don't like this character anymore. They made the characters less likable as the show goes on. Michael, to your point, right? The first episode, he's just like, no, I'm going to do right by my kid and I'm going to, we're going to go, we're going to leave it behind. And then it, he does it over and over again where it becomes like clear and they point it out. Like it's more about his own vanity. Like they don't even realize he's gone. Um, and he's doing it for himself. And then he, he becomes a lot more vain down the line. And, and yeah, the characters become less likable as time goes on, which makes you like them less. And then at that point, it's like, what am I sticking out for? Who am I here for anymore? There's no one to root yeah, for. Yeah, I will say I will say that the person that I root for basically throughout the show to the end is definitely Buster. Yeah. Buster is just, yeah, I mean, obviously I love Tobias, but yeah. like Tobias is just his own version of yeah. character, but Buster, uh, you know, even the end when he's the army gives him the giant hand, yeah, you know, and they think that they've created this like secret monster that's going to help them, you know, you know, whatever they need them to do. And he just doesn't want to hurt anything with this giant hand because yeah. he doesn't want to be a monster. But you just like, I continually find myself rooting for Buster and just feeling so bad for what Lucille did to him. Yeah. And, I mean, he has some of the best lines in the show, like his whole character, his obsession with his mother. And then he dates Liza Minnelli, who is his, they call Lucille too, yeah. to piss his mom off. And then even when he loses his hand yeah. to a seal, yeah. he goes into the ocean because his mom told him he's not allowed to ever go in the ocean because yeah. it's too dangerous. So to rebel against her, he goes into the ocean and someone on the beach yells, 
watch out loose seal. <laughs> like there's a loose seal in yeah. the ocean. Like, of course, there's a loose seal in the ocean. They yeah. live in the ocean. Yeah. But someone's like, watch out. Watch out for Lucille. Watch out for Lucille, which yeah. is like, you know, yeah. show him to watch out for his mom. And then he gets his hand bit off by a loose seal. Yeah. <laughs> his first time ever going swimming in the ocean. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's I guess he's the only redeemable character of the rest of them. Right. Like everyone else really goes down a a hole of being. I mean, does Job. Well, the. At the end, doesn't Job do another show with? Because I cheated and I was like, I need to know how this ends. I need to know if I just need yeah. to know for this. And I never do that. But um, I believe at the end he does a magic show with Ben Stiller. Yeah. Um, and they come out of the closet, yeah. so to speak. That's part of their show. <laughs> yes. And then apparently somehow liquid cement pours into yeah. the the prop that Ben Stiller's in and just Job comes out of the closet and Ben Stiller's like encased in yes, cement. Yeah. And I feel like that's the end of his story arc. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not done. So I don't know if he gets redeemed in any other way, shape or form. Yeah. Well, I, we got to talk about the other part of all this too. Um, which is, you know, behind the scenes, there was a little, like the season five was released. Well, the, I'm saying this cause it connects, right? Cause there was always, by the time they finished filming season five and then Netflix released it as two part, they released season five, part one and season five, part two season five, part one was released during the press tour. And that's where all the stuff came out about Jeffrey Tambor kind of being an asshole, right? There was some, there was, there was allegations about him on, on the set of his, the other show he was doing, but on this show, then it came out that he was like literally yelling at uh, Jessica Walter on the set and things were uncomfortable and you know it's he I guess it was played off you know as like oh that's who I am that's who just who he is kind of thing and um uh there was a they were doing an interview uh with the Hollywood Reporter and it was recorded and and then or the uh rather the New York Times and it was just it was a whole big blow up and where it became clear like these people who all got back together because quote unquote, they loved working with each other. Right. And you look at season four and there's, and the reason season four was the way it was is because everyone had grown. They're off onto different projects and it's hard to get them all together to, re- to film at the same time. Um, Portia de Rossi, I, I, I forget. I mean, I think it was both seasons, but I think season five was, was pretty much like a, I don't want to be here at all. Like she didn't want to do this show at all. Yeah, and didn't they green screen her most of season four or five? I don't remember which one it was, but they green screened her. That was a lot. season five. Yeah, season five. Yeah. She was just green screened in, and you can tell. Yeah, you can just totally tell. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot riding against the show at that point, and um, it's it's all a, I don't know. It, the whole thing is is rough because it's one thing to be like, oh, here are all these people that really loved working together and they want to get together and do it one last time, right? There's a lot of shows that have tried to do that, like, let's go back for one more. And, but this man, like, this was, this was rough, where, like, to the point where Netflix released the second half of the season without any press releases. Like, all of a sudden, it was just up one day. Like, they didn't tell anyone. They were just like, let's "Let's just get this out there and it's over with. Yeah, Right, because at that point, they were at a point of like, oh, this is a huge, this is big for us. And, you know, um, we're going to release this and then we'll go in and and try to figure out if we can do like another season six. That's the thing. Season five ends where it's not clear this is a series finale. (laughs) It is not a series finale. It is a 
continuation, like we'll see you next time and figure out where could the story go from here. And the the answer is nowhere. <laughs> like Jessica Walter passed away anyway. So like that's definitely not happening. Um, and everyone else has, has seemingly moved on. Portia de Rossi, de Rossi didn't even want to do it in the first place. And um, and this sort of came out in, in the recent weeks about like some more of the stuff behind the scenes about how Portia de Rossi didn't want to do the show at all. She's like, I retired. I'm done. And um, allegedly <laughs> got to preface allegedly. Um, I don't know who it was. It was in, it was insinuated. It might've been Mitch Hurwitz again, allegedly. And I like Mitch Hurwitz. So that's why it kind of hurts me a little bit was just sort of bullied her into doing it. And I don't know. It's, it's rough, but it like for such a show that is like so beloved like that, but also like to that point, it spurred a lot of different careers. Like Anthony and Joe Russo were heavily oh, yeah. involved in the show, which, you know, they did, they did this before they did community. Um, so it's it, yeah, it's just the show ended on a whimper, which sucks a little bit because <laughs> you would have thought that you could have came back. And if it was done right, there was always talks after season three of like, oh, they're going to come back and do like a wrap up movie and do like a rest of development movie, which is ironically enough what they're trying to talk about right now with community. And part of me is just like, man, let it go. <laughs> like, just I'm OK. I know six seasons in the movie, hard, yeah. but let it go. We talked about this in Ferris Bueller. It's yeah. hard to. It's hard to allow the things that you love so much come back to life because you've already mourned the loss of the fact that it didn't end the way you wanted to, to, you know, like it the way this show ended on season three. When I finished season three, I was like, I can't believe that this is just what the fans had to like end with. That was it. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. That would drive me insane. I would have to mourn that loss. Yeah. And then for it to resurface that way, I mean. Again, I'm enjoying it, but I'm just feel like I'm watching a completely different show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I'm also a, I like to like everything. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings type person. So I don't, I don't want to say things, you know, too negative about it. And yeah. I I have been listening to the Smartless podcast, which Jason Bateman and Will Arnett talked about how much they loved it. Yeah. Like it was the best job of their lives. Yeah. Like they've never had so much fun as they did on that show and which is amazing because for jason bateman he talks about how he could not get a job before that yeah child actor who had some real misses as an adult and like nobody wanted him to read for anything yeah and they brought him into this and it relaunched his acting career i mean now look at him he's killing it the network didn't directing writing everything the network did nobody wanted him. him no yeah um but and and look it's a good point right like i don't like the the downsides or like the negatives of sort of what came out or allegations or any of this stuff. Like it's not, there's nothing so dark where it's like, Oh my God. Like what it really was is like someone didn't want to act anymore. And someone was, they were yelling at another actress on a, on the set. Right. It's not great. Um, you know, but at the same time too, it's not, it's not something so terrible that it should take away. And always got to be careful when you say this stuff, right? Because it's like, oh, with allegations, dot, dot, dot. It shouldn't take away from the art, right? There is like, I was a huge Louis C.K. fan. I can't watch a single thing that man has has done Agreed. before or after. Like, there's a whole other level. There. It makes me feel like I have to take a shower. Exactly. Yeah, like, I can't, I can't even, I hate that I enjoyed him as much as I oh, did ditto. without knowing that. Yeah. yeah. And, and. There, so there's there is a line that that exists somewhere, right? That's a that's a whole other level of things. This, however, it's like 
yeah, it was behind the scenes. Some people weren't getting along or some people were fighting or someone was being, you know, a diva on set and so on and so forth. Like if that's the worst of it, okay. Like that's if it wasn't, but the thing is too, and, and, and this is more of a question. I have a hard time with it and I'm, I don't know if it's just me when I go from seasons one, two or three, if I, if I go from season three and then go, go to season four, this is an actual question for you from me to you, Amanda is right. I have a hard time seeing how the characters aged. And the thing is devil's advocate wasn't that long, right? Season three ended in Oh six season four came out in May of 2013. It's not that many years, but they visibly aged a lot of the and especially you look at the fifth season and that is 10 years after season three, more than 10 years. It's 12 years. There is some visible aging on some of the characters and especially when you jump because season four is supposed to pick up exactly at the end of season three. Job is a little bit more bloated than he was at the, on the boat at the end of season three. Now with the first episode of season four, he's his, so what happened to his face a little bit. Um, I have a hard time with that. It's also something I, I acknowledge shouldn't is, is a little unfair to the actors. Cause I'm like aging is aging, but it takes me out of it. Is that, am I wrong? Well, I think, no, I think what it is, it's just a reminder of the gap between the two yeah. seasons too. I mean, like when you, Watch shows like that, especially someone like me. Perfect example is Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sometimes we were waiting a year plus. Yeah. For, for them. Yeah. You know, for the newest season. But, I mean, a whole lot of life happens between thirty something. You know, especially if we'll talk about Will Arnett. Like he yeah. was thirty something, maybe late thirties when he started filming Arrested yeah. Development. Yeah, yeah. By the time it comes back, he's. Well into his 40s, his metabolism yeah. is a lot slower, which is a very different, he's a very yeah. different person. But it's also a reminder yeah. that you're not just picking the show back up. This isn't just season four. This yeah. is like season eight. If we were to do it chronologically, how many years have gone through? Yeah. So maybe it's a reminder for you about how this isn't the same and you can't just put yourself back into that world right away. Yeah. And they changed Michael Sarah's character, right? Like Michael Sarah's character grew up. Between between them and there, right? Yeah, and there. college Michael Sarah is a very different uh, exactly, but version of George Michael, Michael Job, all these other characters, you know, Buster, they're all they're all theoretically they're all adults. They are who they are, and they're not really growing that much, or they're growing in the wrong direction. Characters grow; that's the whole point. But their personality traits and who they are are pretty much the same. When you see. 30 something Job bumbling around trying to be a, a, a magician and how he is kind of like, you know, he's living on a boat. He's kind of living the bachelor life, right? He's all over the place. Just family has money just versus that same character now aged 10 years later. So now he's in his forties and he's still trying to act like a kid or act younger. I mean, that's the whole point of like when shows cast someone like, Hey, we're looking for someone in their mid twenties. We're looking for someone in their late thirties. Like, at this point, he's almost pl- trying to play a character 10 years younger when he's older and visibly older. And then, I mean, the P- Portia de Rosa, like she obviously like she had work done and stuff. That's a whole different literally night and day human person. It's like I don't, it doesn't even look like the same person. That's a vastly different thing. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about natural aging characters. 
I mean, even her character, though, you can explain that away because her character is obsessed with plastic surgery the whole show from beginning to end. Yeah. So at least she had a storyline to back that up. I think to your point is um, they knew that everybody had aged, but they didn't let the storyline age with it. Like they just picked it right back up. Yeah. And had they picked it up like seven years later, you know, blah, blah, blah. George Michael has... I mean, the fact that they have Maybe, who is um, supposed to be, you know, his George Michael's cousin that he's in love with, who's not really his cousin, but he's still in love with her. Uh, that whole storyline is so uncomfortable and hilarious <laughs> at the same time. It's the best. Yeah. And But the fact that she looks, she's awesome. Like her and Michael Sarah, she's a great actress and yeah. her and Michael Sarah are still best friends to this day. Yeah. But season five, she looks she's supposed to be like 20 years old and she looks like she's well into her thirties, Yeah, <laughs> which she should be, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they aged her so poorly. I'm like, yeah. this poor girl. Yeah. She literally starts playing a character of an old character. Yeah. yeah like her hair is gray and she's her mom's yeah. <laughs> campaign, something or other. But um, maybe if they had picked it up that way where yeah. they had let you're expecting to see older characters yeah. that way, but they didn't, they acted like it was just, Two weeks down the road. It's a good point. I mean, I feel like I feel like because of that gap, if they if they jump, like I feel like maybe what they tried to do was pick up whatever ideas they originally had for what season four would be had it not been canceled or because remember season three was cut down, right? It was originally supposed to be 22 episodes. Uh, Season two got knocked down to 18 episodes. Season three mid filming got knocked down to 13, right? I think it was originally, and, and don't quote me on this. I think it was originally slated for 18 and then got knocked down to, to 13 from what they would have been originally 22. So like from 22 to 18 to 13, they got knocked down. Um, and trying to tell a story of like, you know, what would have been like a 22 episode season back down to 13 and condensing it, you know, for good or bad, but like, you're right, right? I think a better way to pick up the show in season four would have been clean slate. Let's learn about these characters. Because at that point, too, right? Like when you went into episode one in the first season, you're like, all right, I'm 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 here to understand who these characters are and the setting they're in. If you go into season four, that same thing, right? The audience is here. They are ready and willing to find out what happened to the characters from the show I love. So to have them sit there and learn over the past 10 years or seven years, whatever it's been, here's where Michael is now. Here's where George Michael is now and like figure out where these people are and then reconnect them back to the story. That would have been a much better way to handle that, but to just pick up from there and be like, all right, same story. You knew everyone looks a lot different, but here we go. Yeah. Is, I feel like that takes you out of it. That's a yeah. great point. And also, I mean, let's not forget cameras. Uh, <laughs> they got a lot better. Higher in that Gap of years. Yeah. High, high def. So those, you know, nice blurred faces that yeah. they all had in season three. No, we can see those wrinkles now. Yeah. Jessica Walters not trying to have them like rub Vaseline on the, on the lens yeah. a little bit. Like, you know, like Barbara Walters used to do in the 90s. Just like rub Vaseline on the on the lens a little bit. Just, you know, help give me a little bit of a glow. Um, But that's a great point. I think, too, that is uh, that's a little uncomfortable. Like um, because I mentioned it before, I'll say uh, Gilmore Girls did that. Right. Yeah. So they. The show ended and instead of coming back to continue the storyline, they let you have that gap of time because no one looks the same. Yeah. 
I mean, they don't like not even in the same world of looking the same. <laughs> yeah. So that time happened. They told you what happened during that time. And then it, it only took a few minutes of the first episode for you to really gather what happened. And then you're yeah, bam, right back in it to the characters that you love. So I think that's probably why the aging bothers you so much. Yeah, exactly. Is, I don't know. It, it, yeah, I think I think I think it definitely could have been dealt with a lot better. Um, But but to come out of this, two things. Um. One, we need to do an episode on community because I think that's a whole other thing. Which, by the way, Mitch Hurwitz, creator of Rest Development, shows up, uh, up on community. Two, three times in in that show in a rest of in a community. Um, and also, I think the way that show grew because that show had a similar story of like it was on NBC, had a hit some rough waters for a while, and then was canceled, and then had a season on everyone's favorite streaming platform, Yahoo Screen. Um, which, the best. I mean, the best. Can't believe the top, it's gone. The most well-known, most subscribed to streaming platform on the universe, Yahoo Yahoo Screen. Um, and then uh, speaking of Gilmore Girls, I have to throw this out there because it's just a fun story that I think is hilarious. Um, uh, uh, Rory, who, by the way, see here's Alexis the thing. Bledel? Yeah, you Alexis Bledel? Yes, who just got divorced. Oh, I did see that. They met on Mad Men, right? It's the guy from Mad Men. Not a, I'm not a Gilmore Girls fan. I just know a lot. I can Way get to Gilmore Girls it. from anywhere. I'll tell you. But she had a similar storyline, too. It's like, well, we're talking about, like, as the show goes on, the characters become not great people. Yeah. Rory is not a great person. Like, if you go back. She's a brat. She's a brat, right? But is that from the beginning or is that like you figure that out by the last episode of the Netflix season? Well, the so the Netflix season, it's just. I mean, she's Logan Huntsberger, who was her high school boyfriend. She's still having an affair with him while he's engaged to a French heiress. And every time the French heiress has to go back to France, she's there smashing him. She's just okay. she's there to just smash good old Logan. OK. And then go on with her life. Yeah. That's not a great look. And then yeah. this whole time she's got a boyfriend who she keeps forgetting that she has the boyfriend yeah. and he just keeps <laughs> showing up to places. And he's just like really lovely man. And she just keeps forgetting that he's there and she keeps forgetting to break up with him. Yeah. So just like not a great look for no. her. And the end of the season, she's pregnant and you don't know who the father is. But you is don't that no she knows who the father is. But is that that's what I'm saying is like, is that is that her through the years? Like if you go back and watch the original WB Gilmore Girls, like is she just been a bratty, self-absorbed person the whole time or is that just what she becomes? It's what she becomes. Okay. There was there were moments of it where she was bratty, but she was definitely more played as the doe-eyed sweet girl yeah. who loved books and loved to read. And then slowly as she gets older and gets into these relationships, you know. Yeah. Well, she gets some crappy tendencies. What I what I there's there's a lot of shows that obviously do that, right? Like where the main characters, you're not supposed to like them. Like I was I, you know, I just finished Breaking Bad, I was reading an article of Vince Gilligan uh, with The New Yorker. He was explaining how like people latched on to like Walter White as a good guy. And they're like, it's not supposed to be a good guy. <laughs> like people no. people were like mad at his wife at Skyler for being Skyler. And they're like, you know, yeah, like how dare she not let him run his meth business? Like, oh, what an unsupporting wife she's been. <laughs> and like it, it said it like it bothered him, like how much hate she got when it was like, no, she's the good guy. And the same thing goes back to Arrested Development. It's like, you know, like. The characters are oblivious, right? We know that from the start. Completely oblivious. Right. They're yeah. in their own bubble. They're they're a rich family. And then they, the rug is pulled out from under them. You know, uh, there's so many great lines from the show that are based on that. But as the show goes on 
and you watch them grow and especially some of the like, you know, maybe in and George Michael, especially you see them kind of diverge from on paths, right? Because they have to grow. They're growing up. They're becoming adults. And you see, um, you know, maybe grow into like the wrong in the wrong direction. Right. She becomes a real Bluth, which is like, you know, pulling scams and always trying to figure out the way to, you know, pull it over on other people. Whereas George Michael he's very much like his father. And that's, that's what's even funnier about it as time goes on. It's like, he's the bad parts of George Michael are his father, like where it's, he's playing it like the good guy, but in the reality, like he's lying just a little bit, you know, or like, and then that becomes starts blowing up in his face and it's good. I don't hate season four as much as I think other people do season five. I don't know if I can ever watch it ever again. It was, that was rough. I'll finish it for, I, I've never not like finished a show so I'm yeah. going to see it through yeah I'm gonna see it through the end plus you know if I'm gonna be a real Arrested Development fan I have to have the ammo to come to the table yeah. to you know to bitch about season <laughs> exactly. five I can't just be like oh I never watched it yeah Um. so I will finish it and I mean I still have even at you know season four and the beginning of season five that I've watched I have love for the show still you yeah. know like I'm just so happy to see them again yeah but um and it's sad, too, because I do, you know, I listen to Jason Bateman and Will Arnett talk about it on their podcast, and they are so, like, they if someone asked them to do an Arrested Development movie right now, I think they would do it. They just yeah. loved working together with, I'm guessing everyone, but Jeffrey Tambor yeah. so much <laughs> that they just, you know, it's truly a family to them. Yeah. So that is sad when shows like that have to have an ending the way it did. Yeah. But- it's still so damn good. It's one of the smartest, most intelligent comedic shows ever written. Yeah. Honestly, I think the the, the hardest thing for me, too, is like, um, I uh, I wish Miss Hurwitz would do more stuff. Like, he really hasn't done. Um, I don't know if I, I did watch the, the thing he did with Will Arnett flaked, which didn't last very long on Netflix. Um, did it last one season or two? I forget. I'm not sure. I never watched it, but I did. They did talk about it. If he could do something else in the vein of that and, you know, nothing like rest development, but yeah. just he's so good. That yeah. And I, also, I'll probably give everything he does a shot. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it back to where I started with this, too, is like I think that's the part that gets lost a little bit. Shows for streaming services where there's no there's no network executive telling you to trim this out or pare this down or you can't say that on this network. Like there's a line George Michael says in in like a asking me be like hey want to stay in and watch and they bleep it and the subtitle is just uh teen i forget what what the words are exactly but it's like you know teen detective drama on a competing network and it's very (laughs) clearly it's it's very clear he's talking about veronica mars but like the way they have to bleep it and they're like you can't reference a show on another network um i legitimately don't know if that that was the joke or that was coming after a network note it's hilarious still right exactly and it's just like yeah like sometimes you know sometimes you need those sometimes you need those bumpers to like force you like you need to work within a lane if someone's just like hey here's a million dollars you can go make whatever tv show you want you're gonna make (laughs) david lynch kind of stuff if if the network's like you know hey we like this idea here are some notes right no creatives like the notes Sometimes it's almost necessary. Sometimes it, it it sparks creativity where it's like, all right, if you can't do this, then how do we tell the story? And it forces them into being more creative with it. And especially in season three of Arrested Development, there are so many jabs at Fox. Um, like 
there is the one episode where it was very clearly a network note where it's like, oh, no, you have to have like some something we can tease, some kind of like ten pole kind of thing. And it's like, you know, this tonight, one of these people will die and they flash everyone. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like one one off character. And, yeah. And they and they tell you earlier on, they're like, and they're like, we'll just tell you now. She's the one who dies. Like, it's OK. She's old and racist. Like, it just it's very clear, like they're trying to do what Fox was telling them. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. We'll do it. And then they're like, well, how do we do it? But where it's it's our voice still. And it's, it's still and making fun of it. Yeah. But you get to Netflix and it's like, oh, no, I want to run an episode for for 74 minutes. I The one that stands out to me, I don't know if you because you've seen it recently, maybe is talking to George Michael about Lucille, too. And he's like, who? And he's like, you know, Lucille, too. And he's like, I've never met this woman. And they start talking about it. And I guess someone must have realized somewhere that George Michael has never been in a scene with Lucille, too. And it, yeah. And it goes on and on. And I didn't even notice that until it was one of the um, articles that I read. Oh, so an, an article referenced it. An article referenced the fact that, yeah, it was like, a you know, Arrested Development's fun facts that yeah. most people don't know. Just like, just the super fans will know. And I was like, ooh, I want to read this. That's a fun gag. It's a fun joke. But they stretched it out for so long. I think even like there's not even a soundtrack anymore because it goes on for so long that it's just either the looping soundtrack or it's just dead air. And it's just like, all right, I get it. And I want to say in the remixed version, they did. They did clean it up a little bit. I haven't seen the other version. I'm going to see if I can yeah. find it on YouTube and maybe just watch it. But like one thing that this show has done to me since I watched the episode, you know, the episode where, oh no, you're throwing stuff. Sorry. <laughs> the episode where uh, Job is trying to throw the letter into the ocean yes. and it just keeps blowing back. Yes. Like when things are going very poorly for me, like I go to get in my car, I've got three bags and I've got my iced coffee and I put it on the roof and then I go to put my purse inside and my phone drops onto the ground. It's just like I stop and in my brain, the video that's playing is Job standing there on the beach trying to throw this letter into the ocean that just keeps blowing back. But he's like throwing it with all his might. And I feel like that is playing in my head when shit is just hitting the fan. It's like I cannot get it together. I'm like, this is my Job moment. It's happening. It's happening. Just that ba da ba, just that like yeah. you know, relaxing <laughs> yeah. elevator esque music playing. There it is. The punchline to that too is at the end he just goes and he does the same thing with the dove, you know, and then just like drops <laughs> in the water. Like I don't. Know, the poor know. dove. Yeah. Yeah. What's your return policy? There's like everything. Like yeah, the show is just it can be really tight, and I think that's that's part of it. But anyway, um, I think out of this entire thing, we've realized um, season three, season four should have picked up years later. Right. Yes. Um, I think that was the main takeaway. I mean, I think that's the, that was the thing that we talked about that was like, oh, that blew my mind. Yeah, you're right. Had it done that, it would have been a completely different show and it would have been much better. And you wouldn't had- have been afraid of wrinkles. Exactly. <laughs> and Portia de Rossi is like 50 pounds lighter, which I didn't know how that was possible because she's so beautiful. Yeah. But like the first season, the body sp- or it's probably just the stunt double that they had. It's this awful way stand in. Yeah. It's just like absolutely the most awful wig in the world. It looks like it's never been brushed. And I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. What is happening? Are we supposed to know that she's not there? Is yeah. this part of the shtick? And that's the thing with the rest of development. It's always like, all right, is this part of the shtick? Are we going to get to a point? Yeah. And then no, eventually she just comes back and decides to fall in love with a guy that makes meth. <laughs> and... <laughs> It would have been better if they just played up like the like, oh, no, she's not here. And it's like, you know, yeah. Lindsay was actually in whatever, doing whatever. And it took Tobias yeah. eight months to realize his wife hadn't been there. Yeah. Like something like yeah. that. So 
when we rewrite the show, yes. that's how we'll do it. In, in, we'll, in, the, in the reboot that we put together. Mm-hmm. Um, when we hang out with our best friends, uh, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. Yes. Well, this was fun. I'm glad how I, I don't, awesome. I don't know how we got from Arrested Development to Gilmore Girls in the same universe, but I can do it. This is fun. Cool. As always. See you next time. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park